Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. And I'm Lori Baker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. Boy, did we have a show for you. Ginger is actually not with us today. She is shooting an episode of Con Crunch. So it's just Lori and me. But I think we made up for that with some really special guests. Our guest today in our open studio segment is the ever popular Bonnie Hunter. And our Fine Finishes segment is sponsored by Handy Quilter. So our guest is Handy Quilter educator Adam Ratliff. Stay tuned. How are you, Lori? I'm doing well, Tracy. How about you? I am good. Guess what? What? I got a letter from a listener. Oh, good. I love listening to the letters. I'm always just shocked that people listen to our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this letter is from Diane Corkle. She said... I just happened to be listening to your interview with Terry Lucas as I was pulling thread to quilt my happy scrappy quilt. And it says blossom heart quilts. I'm guessing that's a pattern. I automatically grabbed the white thread so the wobbly lines and mismatched corners would not be emphasized. Kind of a habit. But then I saw the teal thread in my box and the interview zinged me. I used the teal thread for the quilting. It might emphasize the problems in the quilt but I love it anyway. Thank you. How nice. I just, I I know we were inspired by Terry's talk. It's really nice to hear that she's rubbing off on other people. Oh, exactly. After we had that podcast with Terry, I quilted a quilt that the, the one side of it is peach and gray and the other side is peach, gray, black and white. Mm -hmm. And I quilted it with bright purple thread. And it is so fun. Oh my gosh. You know, I I said in that podcast that Terry's book really had me thinking in a different way. Yeah, I was always used to pulling out the thread and laying it on top of the quilt um, to sort of get an idea of what it might look like and to help me choose fabrics. But I guess I never really thought about how the thread might play with the colors in the fabrics. Right. And I do have to say that I was actually going through my stash and I was organizing some things, some projects and whatnot. And I came across some threads that um, I was given at market as a sample. And sometimes when they give you threads at, at market, you know, they're not necessarily the you know, black or white or gray or something that you use all the time. Um, so sometimes they're a little bit of funky color. And I came across this spool of like neon orange. Oh, Halloween. (laughs) It was a crazy color, like day glow. And um, I, when I got the thread, I wasn't so thrilled with it. But I tell you this week, I was like, oh, what can I do with that? (laughs) So it is now sitting next to my sewing machine to inspire me. Well, and I think with your love of Halloween, that that could be perfect. Right? I also was thinking maybe with my birthday blocks, all the blocks have blue background and it might really Ooh. might really pull it all together. It might be really fun. 
<laughs> Isn't well, it we, just funny? We, you know, six weeks ago, before we talked to Terry, we would have never thought of mm-mm. orange thread on your house quilt. <laughs> oh, we just wouldn't have. I know. I wouldn't have at all. So, yeah. Yeah, she definitely has been making me look at my thread collection in a different way. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Fun stuff. Yeah. Well, are you ready to go talk to Bonnie? I am. I can't wait. Well, today in our open studio segment, we are headed to Quiltville. We have a special guest with us today. Bonnie Hunter is back. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here just to talk to some other voices after being quarantined for months on end. It's so nice to talk to you. That is so true. So true. I think Lori and I will agree that um, recording the podcast has saved us (laughs) during, during this pandemic. I bet. I yeah. bet. It's, it's really nice just to talk to other people and to see what their experience is. And um, I don't know about you, but the, the days turned into weeks, turned into months. And I can't believe it's July as we're recording this. I know. So, you know, the last time you were on, it was January and you were getting yeah. ready to open your retreat center. And I will <laughs> tell you that when when this all hit, and we were going to shelter in place. You were one of the first people I was thinking of <laughs> because oh, I was like, oh, my so gosh. Much. So well, how have you it, navigated? It's been a little bit nuts. Um, we actually ha- had um, three really wonderful retreats. And um, our, we started Valentine's Day weekend. And we did that weekend and the next weekend and the first weekend in March. Um, one of our retreaters, who will remain nameless, we'll just call her Sue, um, worked at Washington, D.C. for um, the the big D.C. county area, medical, whatever. And they, she said, this thing is going to hit big and you need to oh, be no. ready. And she was already saying, this is, you know, it's, it's going to take us by storm. She had kind of... Um, I guess the inside information on on things. So we started listening right away and I just contacted my groups and said, "Look, this is happening. You we got to stay home. Um if if you want to just reschedule, we'll just plug you out however far. If if you need to cancel and have a refund, we'll refund you 100% because this is nobody's fault." And luckily, most of my groups said, "You know what? Just move us to the same weekend next year. Just hold our spot on the oh, calendar." Oh, that's great. And so they've been nice. they've been great and um I had my first uh opening retreat um, about 10 days ago was a, was a first group that came and they had to self quarantine for two weeks before coming. It's like, if you haven't self quarantined, I'm not letting you in. <laughs> so, you know, wow. and, and they're coming from various places and they understand most of these groups know each other, right? Cause they come mm-hmm. as a group. So they have to be able to trust each other that we're going to keep each other safe by self-quarantine for two weeks before we come. And if they're driving any great distance, I tell them, you know, guys, I know you want to shop hop all the way here. Don't shop, shop hop on your way home, but keep your, keep your members of your group safe while you're here. And we had a great time. Although there's eight hand sanitizing stations with hand sanitizer and there's, they have to clean the bathrooms after they use it to leave it clean for the next person and, Mm. and hose down everything in the kitchen. So the, the, Cleaning and the sanitizing is enough to make 
anybody crazy. So I really realize that when I go somewhere, whether it's to pick up to-go food or um, go to the doctor's office or the dentist or anything that I'm having to do, what they have to do on their ends to keep things sanitized and safe for us, um, it's off the charts. It's off the charts. So the, I'll give my one non-political plug, but the least that we can do is wear a mask when we go out in public and we're around other people because those people are doing what they can to keep us safe too. So my next retreat comes um, this Thursday and we here we go again. And we're, we're back on the charts. Virginia is in phase three, but I am still working this like it's phase one as far as people being quarantined before coming. Wow. And, and how has the response been to the request to quarantine? Uh, well, you know, the, for the people that are here, they are so happy to be mm -hmm. here because they know they can trust each other. Yes. But the the posting my photos through social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or on my blog of happy groups quilting away, half the people are going, they're not social distancing. Where's their masks? And the other people are saying, hey, yeah, have a party. But um, <laughs> the, the thing is, is that these these guys are sterile when they get here, you know, mm -hmm. so um, and it's up to each group to decide whether they want to sew with masks on. I'm looking into maybe face shields so that they at least can breathe mm. um, while while they're while they're sewing. But I feel that if if they've kept themselves away from the public for two weeks before coming, that they should be able to trust each other. And they're here quarantined together while they're here. You do not yes. leave for the three right. days that you're here. Don't don't go out. So um, it's just really interesting times. Really interesting times. <laughs> That's very true. And, you know, and I, I, we're, we're friends on Facebook and you and I, like, I follow you on all of your social media and yeah, I, follow you I, too. <laughs> I was, I was actually noticing the post you did last week, um, or a while back. I don't know how many days ago it was now, but it was, um, a person who wanted to use one of your vintage sewing machines and she made string blocks while she oh, was there. Yeah, Jessica. Yeah. And, I, yeah. It always amazes me when when I read your blog and you definitely don't hold any punches about the quilt police and the quilt bullies that are in your feed. And you, I'm oh, always yeah. like, I'm always so proud to know you <laughs> when that happens <laughs> because I'm like, boy, she really oh, doesn't know. take any shenanigans <laughs> at you all. Know. I had a friend tell me early on, and this might be as much as, as 10 years ago, and of course things have kind of, you know, ex exploded since then, but she's, I was saying, who are these people and how can people be so mean online and, and why are they so know-it-all and why do they think, and she says, for every thousand people that follow you, there's going to be at least one loony. So now my <laughs> Facebook page has oh 128,000 followers, so that means that there's 128 loonies <laughs> that are, are out there and bless their hearts i think that they mean well most people do they, they mean they well do. and they follow you and they care but they want to um give their opinions all the time and the big thing is to just you just got can't you got to kill them with kindness because you can't just yes kill them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's true 
That's true. Yeah. I I yeah. think I think there's a disconnect that happens um, because we're not because we're talking through a device, a little thing in our hand that sometimes we forget that, you know, there isn't there isn't a sarcasm font. I'd like that very much. So someone might want to invent that. Um, but also yeah. you can just misread or misunderstand a situation or be a little or ruder speak than too quickly. Yeah. yeah. Their thoughts be a li- just flow out of their yes. fingertips. And right. And sometimes you don't without thinking. don't. Yeah. yeah. And you don't realize that you're, you're being a little bit rude or something like that. And, and so I just appreciate it when you are like, Hey, Oh, and <laughs> I nice. appreciate those who come to my <laughs> rescue and say, thank you. But, you know, this weekend, for for 4th of July, I decided for the first time ever that I was going to take 48 hours and be internet free. (gasps) And I did. How was that? It was hard, you guys. It was hard (laughs) because I want to see what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But... It was it was it was needful for me. So I just did my regular morning stuff and said, "Okay, see you guys on Monday." And um so all of Sunday, all of Saturday was off after that morning post, all of Sunday was off. And the world was a much nicer and I think that there can be a thousand people who love what you do and there can be one person who's critical who says I don't like applique or whatever to your face (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and it just it negates everything that those other 999 people say so we need to focus on the 999 and and let that other person go play by themselves you know and and I I think it helps to see other people going through it too and you realize wow it's not just me I don't have a target on my back yeah yeah so it's all good. And through it all, we just we just get that rotary cutter and we just cut up that fabric. And we <laughs> it's all so true. <laughs> and so speaking of cutting up yeah. fabric, I you've been writing. How long have you been doing Addicted to Scraps in Quilt Maker magazine? I think this is our 10th year. Wow. We should have a celebration. We're going into our 10th. Yes. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. We should have yeah. a celebration it's, of it's, some what's kind. What's amazing to me is... We should, you know, it would be fun to do something like that. We'll have to think of of what it might be. I'll I'll be glad to participate in that. But what it has done for me is open my eyes for um, little blocks that look plain by themselves, but when you make um, several of them and you start seeing repeats, and mm. then you pair them with something else, and you start seeing secondary designs, nice. and then you put it on point, and it and it and it blows you out of the water, and you start playing with um, values and colors and things like that, it has set my imagination on fire. So even if it looks like, okay, here's this cute little block that's based on a nine patch. It's got a couple of bells and whistles because it's shaded differently. It it just, it turns on the fire and I want to make a full quilt out of each and every one that I send you. I need more time. Yes, we all need more time. Yes. You know, the funny thing is, I think I think you were the people who love addicted to scraps are probably our most vocal readers. <laughs> I get letters all the time. Serious? Oh, yeah. If if we Serious? happen to miscalculate oh, wow. something or to have a typo in an addicted to scraps column, oh. <laughs> we are are sunk. <laughs> and, um, and so it's it's really it's kind of humorous to me. And then people who actually fill out our surveys that we do, um, you know, we might have you know a handful of people 
reply, but guaranteed that at least a third of them are your followers who love you and will let really? me know, like, well, good. I I'm love glad Bonnie Hunter. She's my favorite. That's really good. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Uh, well, they are and awesome. And I know that that those quilters um, have hearts of gold. They, they really do. Mm-hmm. And um, what I also love about the Addicted to Scraps, and I may have said this when we were talking in January, but I see the projects that they make with these blocks. And because it's not... A designated project, right? You may have mm-hmm. a little diagram that shows here's a, an, an, a way you can set these blocks, but they don't have to be. It turns on their imagination. And I have yes. seen everything from um, baby quilts to wall hangings to table runners to bed runners to uh, hot pads, you know, yes. <laughs> come out of these these things. And I think it's it's nice to have a project that you don't that isn't already figured out what it's going mm-hmm. to be. You just kind of let it go and see what it grows into. And then we grow also. Hmm. I love that. You know, it's funny because I wanted to have you on the show because Lori actually just finished a, a project and it, it was a leaders and enders project. And then I happened to see that oh, you cool. were actually starting a leaders and enders challenge. So Lori, yeah. tell us about, I- tell us about that quilt that you just finished. Tell me, Lori. Okay, so um, Ramona Sorensen is one of our designers, and she's a friend of mine. And probably four years ago, I was going to have surgery, and Ramona sent me an email with a quilt design attached. And she said, this is not a submission for one of the magazines. This (laughs) is for you while you're out to give you something to do. And it's a great Leaders and Enders project. I worked on the quilt while I was home convalescing, and then things got busy, and it got put to one side. And I brought it back out after we got the stay-at-home orders and finished it. And it made me sad because it took me so long to get to it because it's a really cool quilt. (laughs) But you finished it. But it's finished, quilted put in the stack, ready to go. I sent Ramona a picture of it. And we'll put a picture of it in show notes too. Oh, good. I want to see that. I do want to see that. It's it's a fun one. It's just super, super scrappy and not hard at all. And I really enjoyed it. Now, the, the so, question is, if this was a leader enter project, what were else were you working on while you were leader and entering in between everything else? <laughs> oh, it, you know, nine jillion things. Um, <laughs> it and works. It, it, I love the whole process. I love it. See, I do too. Um, I think that that especially with our little bit older and vintage machines, that whole leader ender thing is such a good way instead of having a silly little spider you've got something mm. yeah. that you actually accomplished yeah. when you caught that thread so it doesn't get sucked up when the needle bar goes up mm-hmm. right right and it saves your bobbins because you're not pulling your work out of your machine with long thread tails so exactly. it just works i think the da- the downfall of the leader ender project was all those fancy modern machines that have thread cutters 
And yes. so when, when I mm-hmm. when I talk to people who have a, a thread cutter on their machine, they say, well, I just don't need to do that. I said, okay, but you're missing out on a free project. <laughs> no. yeah. Save the thread cutter for when you really need it. But throw exactly. those leaders and enders through, you'll get a free project over the course of a year. So, yeah. So, Bonnie, were fun. you the inventor of the leader ender project? I don't think so. I think... I just gave it a name mm. that it's recognized by. Oh. Like, who who was the person who invented the term fussy cut? You know, <laughs> we know what know. it is. Mm-hmm. Somebody came up with a name at some time, um, but it was likely things were fussy cut out, you know, for decades before somebody gave it that term. So I True. think that uh, people have always found a way to make things in between the lines of chain piecing other things. But I think I just gave it a name that it's um, that's known by, mm. you know. So, so so that's the one claim to fame. But I can't claim the 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 fame of inventing the project. For our listeners, let's be clear. So a leader ender okay. project is is a project that you're working on that that you take two blocks and you put them through to catch the thread before you start exactly. chain piecing. Exactly. So instead of taking a scrap piece of fabric that's like a garbage piece and folding it in half and using it to stitch on and off of until Mm -hmm. it's covered with thread and then you end up throwing that away, you just use real quilt pieces in pairs, you know, just like two squares, put them right sides together and sew your regular quarter inch seam just like like you would and leave it under your presser foot and you snip your work from behind the presser foot just like you would if there was a thread catcher under there. And um, you can build blocks, you can build the, assemble the blocks into rows, you can do quite a bit um, of your quilt piecing without having to really think about it. And that's what's fun. So every July on my blog, um, we release a new leader ender challenge that runs for the year because, you know, you're not going to work on this um, in great quantities at a time. It takes a while to build up all of those units. And this year's is really, really easy. It's squares and rectangles. There's no triangles involved this year. And I've given the block in two sizes. It's got a four inch finished or a six inch finished. And it's totally scrappy. So you can use um, whatever fabric you want. And you'll find that under the free patterns tab at the top of my blog. And and you can include the link for my blog. Oh, um, absolutely. absolutely yeah it's a fun one i'm calling it easy breezy because it's it's that easy you can do it it's fun fun i decided to check that out yeah (laughs) so laura after Lori mentioned that she had just finished a leader ender project and then i saw on your blog about the challenge in july i realized this might save me for a UFO that has is my oldest UFO that my husband oh, is yeah. heartbroken that I have not finished it yet. And it's all two and a half inch squares. And I'm Perfect. just going to put them in a basket next to my machine. There you go. Anything. Yep. Anything can be a leader ender. It can be the block of the month from the quilt shop thing you didn't finish three years ago. <laughs> it can be the baby quilt for the baby that's coming, you know, seven months down the road. It can be... Mm-hmm. Anything in any shape, it could be squares, rectangles, triangles, whatever it is, and it can be a project you're not really in love with, but if you just keep feeding the pieces through, you'll eventually get to the point where it's time to put it all together, and then you look at what you did. You finished it without having to take extra time to do it. 
So it is, a, it's a good thing. I can't live without it. I love this. I'm so inspired now. I think I want to go home and sew. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, but this whole COVID thing, I thought for sure when I heard that, okay, it's coming and you're going to be on lockdown. I was like, I'm ready. I've been planning on this. I've been <laughs> stashing up for this for years. I've decades. I've got all the fabric, all the thread. I just need the time. But you know what? Life marches on and the days are just as busy. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not finding that I've had as much time as I had hoped for. Um, but it's still all good. I mean, who can believe it's July already? Who can? I know. I know. And it's funny because I think Lori and I have been talking about that we've never been busier. And and I've been trying to find the time to sew each day, you know, and just because it gives me some sort of sanity. Yeah. But it's funny how we all went from hoarders to being super prepared overnight. (laughs) (laughs) I have enough fabric to supply the world. What's your superpower? (laughs) Right? So true. Yeah. Oh, so true. Well, Bonnie, it has been such a joy to have you on the show again. Thanks, ladies. It's been a really, really um, interesting time. And I'm just, you guys are my anchor. So I know, I know that you're there. I follow you on Facebook. Oh, and by the way, Tracy, happy, happy birthday. You know, you get to celebrate all year, right? All (laughs) year. And what, what a year to remember. Right. um, You know, I I think um, being in contact with other quilters and and people that you have common interests with, we all know we're going to make it through this. Right. Yes. Just one day at a time. And Mm -hmm. we can encourage each other and um, stay connected and wash your hands and wear your mask (laughs) and, uh, you know, social distance. But our hearts are close. Absolutely. Nicely said. Yes. Today's Fine Finishes segment is brought to you by Handy Quilter. And we'd like to welcome Adam Ratliff to our podcast. Welcome, Adam. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We're excited to have you. Today's question is to pre-wash or not to pre-wash. And I know what the answer is supposed to be, but boy. I can't say that I do it that way. Tracy, how about you? <laughs> um, I tend to agree. Um, I used to, you know, growing, learning to quilt back in the 90s, we were trained to buy the fabric, come home, wash it immediately, iron it, put it away. And then you hit a point where, you know, maybe you've got more fabric coming in than you're using or um and and I still do pre-wash sometimes. Uh but one of the things that's really changed significantly, especially in the past few years, is pre-cuts. You can't pre-wash the pre-cuts because if they shrink, then they're not the size they're supposed to be, right? Right. And they ravel. Mm-hmm. If you ravel couple three threads on each side of a a 10 inch square Mm -hmm. well it's not 10 inches no (laughs) no (laughs) so adam what is your opinion on pre-washing um so i i'm like the two of you i 
know the correct answer. I don't do the correct answer. <laughs> I, um, I've only been quilting for what, eight to nine years. So mm-hmm. when I started quilting, nobody told me, oh, you should wash your fabric first or you should do this. It was just like, oh, today I, today I decided I wanted to start quilting. And um, so I didn't do that. Um, it has come back to bite me a few times. Um, Mm. recently, uh, we'll say maybe six months ago, I was teaching, I'm a national educator with Handy Quilter and I was, um, out teaching in an event that I could drive to. So I took one of my, uh, it was my pride and joy quilt at the time. It's a, um, Violet Craft Elephant Abstracts pattern. I, its name is Barnum. I just (laughs) loved it. I loved everything about Mm -hmm. it. And, um, so I knew I was going to show it to this class. So I pulled it out and laid it out on a table that I had cleaned. Well, between me cleaning the table and me laying it out, someone had stuck uh, probably a glass that had sweat a little bit. So the quilt got wet and the back bled through (gasps) all of the batting and up into the top. Oh, so oh, I, no. I didn't notice it. It was hanging there and I walked around the corner and saw the circle and I just turned around and walked the other way. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pretend I didn't see it and we'll come back and try to fix this later. <laughs> so, oh, um, yes. but did I learn my lesson? Not at all. it's just it's just so easy to get it and iron it and start going for it you know Mm -hmm. when you get home from the you're you're always so excited when you come home with that fabric so but um interesting enough I have a quilt that I'm about to make and um it's uh, a commissioned quilt and I washed everything this morning I'm like wait we're doing this talk today and you know what you should be doing. So I washed all the fabric this morning. So it's ready to start getting cut and ironed. <laughs> and you get a gold star. You do. <laughs> and a cookie. I hope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lori, have you ever had an experience like that? Um, unfortunately, yes, I have. Yeah. Um, I, I lived in an apartment and I had stacked my quilts on a bed, you know, the way that where you spread them all out and you can flip through them one at a time and see Mm -hmm. most everything. And the air conditioner in the apartment above me sprung a leak and it got a stack of quilts wet. (gasps) And um, I didn't find it right away. Oh, no. And by the time I found it, I had mildew on one of my quilts. And color running, and uh, I was sick. And the good old internet, I posted something on Facebook and said, guys, I have this big problem. Tell me what to do. And I used Dawn dishwashing liquid and a lot of sunshine uh-huh. and got my quilt cleaned up to where it's not noticeable um, I can still find it, but but the quilt's still usable. How about uh, you? Have you relief. got horror stories? Oh, gosh. You know, I think the thing that, that really stuck out in my brain today as we were – as I was thinking about this conversation is the amount of times that um, the fabric that I didn't think would be a problem was a problem. Um, it, you, you tend to think that – a you know maybe a batik or maybe a red print is is going to be the problem child 
And so I used to um, just take a little swatch of each fabric if I wasn't going to wash it, wash it. And I would do the whole wet it, put it on a paper towel um, and to see if it would bleed or not. And um, and I was always kind of surprised that sometimes the one that I didn't think was going to be a problem at all was the one that was really the the, the bleeder. And, huh. and no amount of washing there, there have been fabrics that I have found that, or attempted to use, I'll say, because I luckily caught it before it was a problem, um, that, that never, never became color free or not a bleeder. Or I don't right. know what you would call it. Um, so there, there've been a couple that I've been saved by pre-washing. Um, I use a lot of color catchers. When yes. I wash my quilts. Me too. Um, so those have saved me a few times, actually. Um, I refuse to wash them in my current washing machine because I live <laughs> in an apartment now and the washing machine is not mine. And um, it does not add enough water to agitate. So I get completely paranoid about washing quilts now. Um, so if I don't, if I do wash it in the machine, I put in about five color catchers or I do it by hand in the tub where I can control how much water is in there. I have a high efficiency washer too, and I, I don't like it because there's not enough water. Oh, see? Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Weird. So I have a, a follow-up question. Um, what do you use to wash quilts? Like what detergent or what soap or... Do you use a special soap or just a regular laundry detergent? I use just regular soap because if I use something else, my skin breaks out. So mm. I use what I know I won't break out with. Mm-hmm. What about you, Adam? Um, I use what I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually it's just the, you know, we use the non-scented, just uh, high efficiency soap. But um, with the, most of the quilts, you know, that I am washing are quilts that, are on the couch and we're loving and the dogs are loving. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not really worried about those ones. Um, the, uh, if I have like the ones that I hang, um, usually they don't get washed that often just cause they're hanging, but, um, I'll, I'll usually kind of tub wash them, just soak them a little mm-hmm. bit and dry them that way. Gotcha. So I'm glad to hear you say you have quilts that that you use. That's the way we are at my house. I've got, you know, probably 20 quilts at any given time that are bed size, but we only use two of them because we have dogs. (laughs) I think um, there's four, wait, four, four or five on the on the couch right now, depending on how big we want. Um, We just bought a puppy. So I finished a quilt and that's his quilt. Oh, fun. um, yeah. And then my um, family was just visiting over the um, long weekend. They were here for 11 days and I bought a bunch of jelly rolls because I have three nieces and my mom also sews. She's the one who taught me to quilt or she taught me to sew when I was young. Um, and I gave them all a jelly roll. I said, we're doing a jelly roll race. So oh, um, I think they left um, with five quilts done. So they, uh, did the jelly roll races and then we went and bought uh fabric. They made them a little bigger. And then I did all the long arming and um, put the binding on. So they were finished. I finished the last one at noon yesterday wow. and they left this morning at seven. So wow. it, was, it was super, it was a very busy, super fun week. Do you use the binding on your long arm? 
Um, I do it sometimes. These ones I just did on my domestic machine. Um, I love, uh, like, the, uh, I have a handy quilter, Infinity, so I have the big guy. Um, right. But handy quilter came out with some square feet a few years ago. And um, or I guess like it maybe a year ago. And I will use the, the square feet because it's a um, the small one is a quarter inch. And uh-huh. you um, start at the top as I'm going. So I'll stitch my um, stitch my row and then I'll add the uh, binding on, advance the quilt, stitch the next ro- next row, then stitch the binding down, advance. And when you're done with the quilt and you cut it off, your binding's already on. What? It's, oh, gosh, Slick. it's amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. I so, didn't even know that was a possibility. So my mind is just exploding right now. Oh, yeah. It's a huge time saver. Oh, yeah. I have an Avante, and I definitely am going to have to go play with that on my next quilt. Oh, yes. It's, it's, and you can still miter edges, do everything like that. I actually think it's easier on the long arm because you're not trying to maneuver the whole bulk of the quilt around to fold your edges and you know um you just fold your binding back come back this way and start stitching oh my gosh nice it's awesome that sounds awesome adam so tell us a little bit about your experience as a handy quilter educator um do you travel for teaching and how has that changed in the past few months um well it's um it's kind of on hiatus i'll say um where we're trying to develop some online or um, virtual classes because people still want to learn, you know, um, once uh, they, everything kind of shut down, you know, shops, either they were shut down or they just were were looking out for their customers. Um, Mm -hmm. So that happened. I think I did my last event at the beginning of March and then things started shutting down. Um, I've been with handy quilter unofficially. I say unofficially for uh, what, four years now. Is that right? Yeah, four years because I, guys, I was selected to be part of the um, Quilt Your Desire squad with them. So they um, had 12 people. They, um, we were in their ads and we went out to Salt Lake and they gave us a bunch of uh, classes and swag. Um, so we became part of the Handy Quilter family then. And I was an accountant and um, my partner's like, you should retire. <laughs> You're 35, retire. And um, <laughs> He said, you're really good at long arming. And I was working from home. So it was like, I was never leaving the house. And he's like, uh, he told me to long arm full time. He's like, if you can't make it work, you can always go back to accounting. And um, I put my application in with Andy Quilter. And, uh, you know, now I'm teaching with them. I travel a lot. I like teaching. I love being around people and chatting. And I love just laughing. I like to laugh all day with my students. And um so I'll work at shows, I'll work at uh, retailers, and um, we're, like I said, we're trying to start this virtual, uh, these virtual classes up where I will be home teaching, but um, students will actually be at their own home and being able to stitch out along with me. So it's that been great. I love very it. Very cool. I love it. So how, if someone's interested in doing, in doing that, taking a class like that, where will they find out more information? Um, I would check with the local handy quilter, uh, retailer. They're going to, um, you'll find out if they are going to offer classes and such. Um, 
right now there's just a few that, like I said, because they're just getting started. Um, at handyquilter.com, they um, have classes listed. So when you are allowed to travel and have larger groups, um, you can go out and take classes. That's one of the things I really love about Handy Quilters that they do have a whole team of us. I think there's 40 educators and we just go around and teach people how to use and love their machines as much as we do. Um, so you'll be able to see if uh, classes are coming up in your area. And then um, I usually try to post what I'm doing on my website at adamsofunsew.com. And um, so if I do have some virtual stuff come up, you might be doing a virtual class from a shop in Maine, but you'll still be able to just zoom right in and stitch along with us. How fun. That sounds wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Adam. Again, thank you for having me. It has been so nice to meet you, and I'm following you on social media now. So I, you'll see me on Instagram popping up occasionally. I saw the quilts that you did, and they're so cute. It got me inspired to go home and make it myself a little Jolly Roll race, although I don't have anyone to race. It was, the racing part was the best because everybody, my mom started last, finished first, but she put two of her strips upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she had to rip them off oh, no. and um oh, no. you know each one was like oh this person's gonna win or that person's gonna win the really interesting thing was that my brother watching all of his uh girls do it he ends up he ended up wanting to make one so he made one and him and my partner raced and my partner is a um a perfectionist and he quilts but because he's a perfectionist he ended up losing to my brother who's never sewn a day in his life <laughs> that's great oh, i love it i love it but his corner seams are great <laughs> yes love it yeah. i love it what a great idea thanks again for joining us it has been a true pleasure yes and i i'm happy to come back whenever you want <laughs> oh we'd love that awesome definitely great thanks so much adam thank you so much have a great one you too bye-bye now Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.